Check one, check two. It's G from the Academy bringing you another short presentation on whatever is happening around about us. What do you think is going on? Yeah. What's your opinion? Are you um? Are you keyed in? Are you focused? Do you care? Is there anyone out there? Mm. So, hello from uh, a cold and windy lossy mouth. It was it was really warm for the first part of the day. Here's something that not a lot of people are thinking about, right? And it, it fits into this model of how I think climate affects people's behavior. Climate affects what people do. Climate even affects people's opinions. If you think about work, a lot of work is related to whatever is in your environment, which is a result of the climate. In this part of Scotland, a lot of whiskey is produced. And uh, that's because maybe you hear the maybe you hear the kids shouting out in the background. Um, that's because we have the environment for it. Think about agriculture and farming. You need a certain kind of environment to produce your crops or your fruit or whatever needs to be harvested. So. So it was pointed pointed out to me today that uh, people are complaining, uh, querying, I think it's a better word, questioning why foreigners are questioning why British people need to go out. And I'll explain why British people need to go out, to go outside, because we live, especially in the north of Scotland, in a temperate maritime climate, which means that the temperature's not really, there's not really a huge difference between summer and winter. Winter's a bit colder, summer's a bit hotter. But if you look at the the average temperature throughout the year, there's only about five or six degrees difference across the average throughout the year. It's crazy, but that's the way that it works. And so it, this is not, in other places that I've lived in the world, you can wake up in the morning and you can look outside and you can see it's going to be a beautiful day. You can, you can see the crystal clear blue sky. And you know that you can go out at any point in time. It's going to be great. You can plan your day. You can plan your journey. You can plan your adventure. It's going to be cool. But this part of the world is not like that. In this part of the world, you've got to grab the moment when you can. You've got to grab the weather when you can. Because remember, it's an island in this specific, in this specific part of the island. We're, we're, we're battered from, from all sides by different weather fronts. And, um, and so you've got to grab it while it's there. You've got to grab it and make it, make it yours. And um, and so when you wake up in the morning and there's a clear blue sky, you, you got to go out and grab that because it'll be there for two, maybe three hours, and and then it'll be it'll, it'll be gone. And you don't know what's going to happen then because it might just it might 
rain for the next two weeks non-stop in the middle of summer. I've been in this part of the world through summer and experienced five days of sunshine. Five days of sunshine. The whole summer, right? And I've been in other places in the world where summer is summer, right? I mean, it's just like three months of sun. And um, I've been in places where winter is winter, like three months of snow. <laughs> so um, that that's one of the reasons why the British people need to go out when they can go out. And it's the people are complaining, oh, they all go out at the same time. Well, they have to, because they're all living, they all live in the same place. And when that weather at that point in time is, is pleasant, because it doesn't really get too hot here, which is why British people love to travel and visit the Mediterranean and, and other warm parts of the world. Because you just don't, get it here and people people don't really really understand it it affects everything like i i could live in central eastern europe and i could have like shorts and t-shirt on for three four months during the summer and know that i didn't need to wear anything else in this part of the world you could you could pretty much wear trousers and a jumper all the time and you'd be comfortable, right? Now saying that, people who've lived here their whole lives and don't have a grand experience of, of traveling and, and different cultures, or maybe they do, but they still have lived here most of their life, they can, they, you'll see them in the shorts and t-shirt all year, right? <laughs> you know, it'll be, it, it, it'll be almost zero degrees in winter and there'll be people walking around in shorts and t-shirt. The kids will be playing out in the park in shorts and t-shirt because that's what's normal for a lot of people here. Crazy but true. And you also get the microclimates here as well, which are really interesting. Like from, from where I am right now in this little uh, bedroom studio, which is, which is what it is, I can see across the Spey Bay Murray Firth area. And what I can see is I, I can see where the rain falls and where the sun shines. And there are these, these, these incredible microclimates here where if you go five miles or less down the coast, what you will encounter is, it is rain most of the time. But if you stay here, you can, you, you can watch the rain falling in other places, but it doesn't fall here. It's really, really interesting. So I never really thought that much about, um, you know, where, where where I lived before. You know, I was aware that some places were sunnier than other places, and um, I was specifically aware of things like that when I when I looked at uh, uh, renting flats and buying flats when I lived uh, out in Slovakia, and when I looked at buying a house out there. Um, yeah, a lot of people would, would like get their map and it'd be like, okay, where is it? And where's the sun going to be in the morning? And where does the sun set? And how, how much light are you going to get at various points? And people would actually calculate that. I, I never really thought about that much before, but people would actually sit and calculate how many hours of sunshine direct or, or, or indirect their property would get. And they would value the property based on the number of hours of sunshine really really interesting um 
And of course, then understanding that sun makes a difference to your health is very important. Of course, of course it does. Of course, it's, it's the most powerful thing in our universe. It, it, it's why we're here, basically. Apart from the fact our mothers and fathers met. So, so that that's that, that's why understanding your environment is important. That's why looking around is important. That's why realizing what is happening is important, and realizing that you have different habits in different places, and that's okay, because we need to have those habits because of the the, the climate and the culture that exists there. Well, we need to have that. So. Moving forward, moving forward. Oh, and also just before I jump into what I want to do, look around wherever you are in the world, look around, look around you and, you know, look, look, look at what you see, look at what you see. Is, is everything okay? Are the people happy? Are they sad? Are they nervous? Are they quiet? Are they loud? What's going on? It's a very interesting time to be an observer of people and to try to gauge and understand what is happening around about. So, diving in to Twitter today, by the way, I'm G, this is the Academy, where we try to study and learn together. Um, find me under Graham William Hendry on Facebook, find me on Twitter, find the Academy of Language Therapy and Life Coaching, specifically on YouTube, while the accounts are still up because I like to push the borders and boundaries of, of understanding and information and um, I've had my strikes, right? <laughs> There's certain information that perhaps not everybody is ready for, so um, I understand that. I understand that it's a game. It's, it's all a game, just like um, the uh, Beatles sang in all you need is love. Um, it, it's a game, but you can learn the rules. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, they understood. They understood what 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 was happening. Um, they understood because they were part of the system as well. Do you think the Beatles wrote all their own music? Do you think the Beatles wrote all their own songs? Do you think the Beatles played the instruments on all of their tracks? There are some tracks that are recorded by the Beatles that have no Beatles playing on it at all, whatsoever. Fact. I kid you not. I kid you not. Absolute truth. So it, it, it's interesting what, what we are able to sell to people. It's interesting what the system is able to sell to the public. The rock and roll um, revival of culture that followed World War Two, where people needed to get back into society and culture and life and feel good about the world and express themselves and you know, that, that's where rock and roll came from and it's also where the the solo individual dance came from as well which was dancing wasn't like that when you danced you danced with people you danced holding hands you danced as part of a group um, I real I, I knew this growing up, and if if you're involved in, if you've been involved in sort of the part one of those cultures, the European cultures, where that, that teaches sort of classical dances, then you you understand that that's always been a part of the culture there, right? 
but um, if you grew up in the, 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 the disco rave culture, which was all, you know, people dancing basically alone most of the time, then, then you've got to realize, oh, well, it wasn't always like that. That began with rock and roll. Before that, dances were, were group activities, or you were in a pair, or you're part of a group, or a threesome, or whatever, and you joined in the dance, and, you know, it was a big, big social gathering and an event, a, a place to meet, a place to communicate. Well, that was replaced with rock and roll, you know, everything being loud and everybody dancing on their own. Um, it was something different. It was something new. It was also something engineered by the the men in the men in hats behind the curtain, right? By the uh, the behaviorists and social engineers who were. Um, who are experimenting with cultures? What's possible? What can we do? What can we, what what can we change? What can we transform? How malleable are people? They 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 studied it. Um, they they wrote books about it. Go and read the books about what the uh, the, the, the was it the Frankfurt Institute and the Tavistock Institute I believe were highly involved in culture creation. It was a thing. It was a real thing that went on, culture creation, the creation of a cult, um, a movement that people would follow. And what we've seen recently is pretty much a stagnation in culture. Um, well, a classic example of that would be, would be uh, where, where, first of all, where is postmodernism taken us, right? Um, I don't think it's taken us very far. First point, second point, um, let's take music, right? Where, um, so I live in Britain, um, and uh, there was, say, 20 years ago, a movement of Britpop, but nothing much has really evolved since that point. So we're, we're, we're pretty stagnant, still waiting for something new, which is not completely, totally electronic. And, and we've also seen reductionism in music as well, where once upon a time music was played by larger groups and, and orchestras and, uh, and folk musicians. But what happened through time is it got reduced and reduced and reduced until you got the, you had the band with four people in it. And then it got reduced and, re and the instruments got reduced and it got simplified and, uh, you know, all the, way, it came, all the way down to drum and bass. And it became just drum and bass and that was it. I mean, you, it, you couldn't simplify it anymore because then you just end up with bass or you end up with just drum and that that you couldn't really justify that as some kind of musical genre. Um, so it was, it was very interesting. It's very interesting how it was uh, simplified and, and how it was then packaged, presented and, and, and sold to people. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. We, we <laughs> need something to hold on to. We need something to hang on to. And, and music for a lot of people is and, and was that. You know, if you, if you had a tough childhood, you probably turned to music as a way of, of uh, relating to people um, or not relating to people and you know finding your finding finding your own little space yeah whether it was this sort of uh, the shoegazing styles of the 80s and 90s um, or whether you 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 try to express yourself through music as well so it's, it's interesting interesting that 
all those elements when you when you place and put them together and it a lot of that that culture is very much it's, it's very much created it this very cause people forget that behind the scenes we've, we've got universities and marketing companies and uh touring companies and they, don't get me wrong there's an underground as well there's people doing things alternatively but then what is alternative to alter the native right so that's that's you know we all we want to be we want to think that we're on the cutting edge but we don't want to lose where we came from because if, if we completely alter the native then we're gonna we're gonna lose touch with our history and that's what a lot of culture has done it's um it, it transforms and changes us and, and disconnects us slightly from the past of course the greater elements of it um transcend right transcend it doesn't matter whether it's a, it's a piece of beethoven or stravinsky and it's transcended down through the generations or uh yeah a piece of some jazz music by ella fitzgerald or um you know what would be i don't know abba i guess would be some kind of modern example of that where uh, pretty much today it's still considered classic pop um Although for some people it would just be rubbish. That's that, that's the way it goes. It's nice to have choices, though. I mean, it's nice to have choices in the modern world. Um, there, there, there used to be all this hype about if you copied something, that oh, copying is is pirating and that's not good. But there was um, when I was a kid, you you copy tape to tape and you would share it, and that's how knowledge of things grew. Um, that that's the way people communicate. That's the way things work that that's the way things grow um microsoft understood this with their computing technology because what they what they did essentially was allow people to copy their software uh what it, it was done in a, in a sort of roundabout way um you know they, they didn't want people to copy their software but they created software that could be copied so when i say they didn't want it's like well we know what's going to happen anyway and uh, and that's what people did they, they were able to cop copy it and share it and pass it on to other people and eventually the virus of windows spread like wildfire and it was everywhere so it's it, it, it's interesting to try to put all the bits and pieces of, of of history together to understand what's built the culture that we're in and what then creates cultural wars and cultural conflicts um, like it's nice to have all these different varieties of music uh, and, and, and elements available but then that also you don't want to let that segregate you you know you don't want to i don't know i, I don't know just end up stuck in a corner speaking to people who only listen to the same kind of music that you listen to Although when I went to school, that's kind of pretty much what happened, really. Um, and also, you know, sharing and, and, and copying, that, that, that spread the good music. It was said, that, oh, it's going to destroy the music industry. It just made it grow. It just made it grow because more people heard more music, more choice was available. Uh, as technology became more available to people, they were able to... Uh, record and create the music and spread it and um, to the point where you could almost we almost have actually almost have too much of it now right 
there's just not that's not enough time. I mean, how does that even figure into things? Is that overload? Is that overload on purpose or just overload because that's just the way it turned out, right? There's not enough time. There's not enough time to read all the great books. There's not enough time to listen to all the great albums. There's not enough time to visit all the great places. There's not enough time to try to speak to everybody we want to speak to. Right? That, that all plays into how we can have successful lives, understanding that even freedom, to understand freedom, we still require some element of limitation there. Because if we have just this, <coughs> excuse me, if we have just this free and open society where everything goes, then think, can we live without rules? I don't think we can. I mean, can you, you can't live without rules any more than you can have a game without rules. And you definitely can't have a game with people playing to different rules. So there's got to be there's got to be something there, and it's it, and everybody's idea of what's normal is different. So you, you you have to communicate about that. We have to communicate. We have to we have to do that, and that's kind of the core, and one of the keys that becomes ever ever more important mm. as we go through life. So um, dropping in, boom on Twitter right now and checking out what the conversations are. Excuse the rant. Excuse my rant. Excuse my rant. I wonder where the rants come from. You know, I wonder where the rants, let me, and I, I will get into it, but I want to, I want to talk about this just, it's just because it just pops into, into my head. I've never been a person that, that really had a lot of long conversations with other people. Yet, because I never really thought that I had much to say. A lot of thoughts, but I didn't really have much to say about a lot of things. just wanted to let people be. And about two years ago, I was at a, a small meeting of different businesses, and I was asked to stand up and talk about the work that I do. And so I, I took the microphone, and I stood in front of this group of people, and I just began to talk about my work. And of course, it, you know, it, it's just like meant to be, it's meant to be like your, your elevator pitch, you know, 30 seconds of why you're important and why people should communicate with you and work with you and do business with you. And yeah, I, I could do that, but that, I don't think that's real, to be honest. I don't think the elevator pitch is anything that, that, that that's real. Um, but it's good to be able to concisely communicate what you do to other people. But that doesn't really communicate the whole picture. But I get the elevator pitch. Um, or as my, my my partner said, that, that um, the elevator pitch is kind of redundant because everybody knows it's better to take the stairs, or at least it's healthier. So there you go. Um, so what's the point? The, the point? the point is I was talking. And I, I, I just talked and talked and talked. And I think somebody had to like grab the mic and tell me to sit down after about 10 minutes. Um, because when there is something important, when there is something interesting, when you can actually help people and you're passionate about helping people, um, you just flow. And um, it, 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 I don't know where it comes from, it just comes out. And I think everybody's kind of got that within themselves. Um, 
everybody's got that zone in which they can communicate. Everybody's got the information that they are knowledgeable about. There's certain techniques that you can use to help you. Um, you know, if you're interested in improving your your presentation skills, your communication skills, how you present ideas, I would say that a lot of the time, if you're doing a solo presentation, it's good to imagine that you're talking to yourself. Um, and imagine the kind of questions that you would ask yourself. That, that maybe sounds a bit crazy, but um, I think that that's what helps me in terms of, of presentation is is still imagining that it's that it's a conversation because there's going to be questions that anyone listening naturally has. Some of them you will answer, some of them you won't. That, that's the way it goes. But um, it helps me when I imagine talking to myself and I'm pretty I'm pretty inquisitive person so uh, I then try through the conversation to imagine the kind of questions that would be asked and try to fill in some details of the information around whatever topic it is so that's that's what I do sometimes right uh, so now now we got that out of the way sort of uh, diving into Twitter um, let's see from the insane to the completely insane golf courses to open today with restrictions in certain parts of the world. Uh, one of the new rules is that holes must be filled with foam so your ball cannot technically go into the hole. This is to avoid touching surfaces. Okay, isn't the whole point of golf like to get the ball in the hole? Isn't this just slightly childish? This would be like, well, I don't know, wouldn't this be like, like, putting a piece of wood over the basketball rim so the, the ball didn't completely go in or something. I, it's, um, you know, we, we don't live in normal times. Um, I, kind of leaves me speechless, uh, but there we go. Moving on, um, Lionel Media pointed out that uh, CNN is still pumping out fake news, um, screenshot of their main news programs says global death toll from uh, COVID-19 approaches 3 million people. I mean, that is just a completely insane and untrue statistic. Well, well, uh, and they have to know that they're doing it. They have to know that they're doing it. Now, the question is, um, are they doing it because they deliberately want to misinform people? Are they doing it because they want to confuse people? Are they doing it because they, someone will see it and then talk about their channel? Um, I don't know. I mean, we can we can surmise the reasons behind that, but we, we can't actually really know. The funny thing is that at the bottom of the screen, they've got global death toll, 3 million people. And at the side, they've got global death toll, now 206,000, including um, people who've died from gunshot wounds and the elderly who were going to die anyway, and those with pre-existing conditions and on and on talked about that before. The statistics are being manipulated and that's why it's hard to believe anything everywhere and that's why you've got to look around you. You've got to look at what's happening in your environment. You want an experiment? You want to do something out there? You want to know more? Take a trip to your local hospital, right? See what's happening there. Um, try to get into your local hospital. Just go to the car park and see if the car park's full, right? Uh, go into your... I'm not saying bother people, I'm just saying investigate a little bit. You know, um, just just have a look. Just have a look. See, you know how how real is real. 
you know, and you got to have that experience so that you know. So, um, also in the news today was that uh, uh, Boris Johnson's partner, Boris Johnson, British Prime Minister, who's um, a little bit off the radar at the moment. Um, I don't know if that's intentional or unintentional. You can't really tell what's happening behind the scenes. Um, one day one, you get this information, and you're like, okay. This is it. I know it. Day two, you get completely contradictory information. You're like, okay, so day one was wrong. Day two, day three, you get another set of information. You're like, oh my god. So it's just it, it confusion. It's it's designed to be confusing. It's designed to be confusing. As I've said before, the, the Steve Pachenik, former uh, military operative um, for the Pentagon and the uh, American government, said that part of the job of military intelligence is just to put out fake information consistently so that nobody actually knows what's going on and there's you know there's no rule or law that says the media has to tell the truth there's no rule or law that says that journalists have to tell the truth right sometimes they get into trouble for certain elements of certain stories but um, who's to know what is what is true who's to know right it, it, it's it's very, it's all based on trust. It's all based on trust. And how much can, how much can you trust someone or some system that, that, that is going to lie to you because they have lied to you? Um, how much can people trust the BBC, which was run by pedophiles for 20 to 30 years? I mean, how, how much can, can an organization like that be trusted? Yes, well, it was only one or two people. Yeah, but that's all it takes, right? That's all it takes. It's uh, it's absolutely crazy. When the head of children's television, the main presenter of children's television, was a known fiddler, right? Known, known by people in the organization. Uh, <sighs> You know that people people used to sit their families and their children down to watch this person, right? And then and, and it's odd with hindsight looking back and you see the the old videos of the shows. You're like, there's something not right about that guy. Trust your gut, right? There's something not right about that guy. If you're watching something, you're like, there's something not right about that. It's probably not. And a lot of the time you go, ah, not important, whatever. But you know, it's the human instinct far more powerful than we than we can ever imagine right it, it, it's probably what's got us this far because we've we've, we've messed around with logic so much that you know well it's logical to do this logical yeah um, yeah really really even logic can be manipulated so we have to be really careful anyway um and people don't know that people don't know the background to things people don't know the back do you know what the hellfire club was do you know what that was? Do you know who was in it? Do you know what they did? <laughs> right? You know, did you know, right? The, the, the things that people don't know. Where I am right now, I am. I live about ten miles away from one of the most exclusive private schools in the world, and most people don't know about it. They don't know it's there. Right? They don't know who goes there. They don't know the curriculums. They don't know the teachers. Um, in one essence, it's a school just like any other school, but on the other side, it, you know, 
it, it's not. It's not. The elite schools exist for reasons. The elite schools. Why did the elite schools of the late 1800s um, where the kind of multiple choice testing was introduced because I got a background in education so I've read about this stuff so the, the the elite schools of England introduced multiple choice testing in the late 1800s and found that although scores improved students knowledge didn't and so the elite schools then rejected the multiple choice testing and they you know you got to have you got to give a coherent explanation Co coherent answer but they put it into the state schools they put it into the state schools so you could you could you could guess your way through you could still guess your way through so um that that's it, it's interesting though those, those subtle little differences did you know that in the elite schools one of the things that happens is that nobody's forced to take any subject and th that if you want to take a subject, you can take a subject. If you don't want to take a subject, you don't have to take the subject, but you have to be able to explain. You have to be able to explain why you're taking something or why you're not taking something. And sometimes if you want to take something, you've got to really explain that you understand the value of the topic and the subject to the tutor or lecturer before they will let you on the course. You know, it, it, it's, it's a different way of thinking and mindset matters, mindset matters. Yeah, don't forget my book's coming out in um, about four weeks, Leadership Mindset, fourth book in the series. All the books are free, they're online, they're on my websites. Um, each book contains 100 strategies to up your game and improve your personal and professional development. If you're not where you want to be, if you're not happy with what's happening around about you, these books will help you. Um, it's the condensed knowledge of my 20 years of work in personal development and I, I, I just want to share it with the world and, and hopefully it, it helps people get to the next level. Add a lot of nice feedback from the people who have actually read it um, and uh, people have, I say it, they haven't read all the books, okay? They usually read sections or chapters or parts or whatever I guide them towards, they read that part. And they tend to say, yeah, that that makes sense. That's that's a good idea. And then we try to implement just one thing, just get those, get those dominoes falling so that change occurs, so that we have betterment, so that we, we have improvement, so that we move forward. Right, well, so the Prime Minister's partner just had a kid. The funny thing is that um, she announced she was pregnant on the 29th of February and she gave birth on the 29th of April. Uh, a very odd timeline going on there. It gets even stranger when you see the press and publicity photographs. You can go and have a look at those for yourself. Um, does Boris, and, and the other question is, is this child five or child six? And does Boris even know himself? Such great leadership. Why do we even bother? Really, why do we even bother? Um, look, the leadership, as I've pointed out a hundred thousand times, leadership begins with yourself. You become a good leader in yourself. You lead yourself and then people will follow you. Then you, you understand what is necessary and the differences that are necessary in individual people in order for them to progress the different things you have to work on the inner the the skills that you have to develop within you you 
the areas that you have to work on, you begin to understand and you work on those and you lead by example. And once you start leading by example, then you can become a true leader. Otherwise, it's just fake. It's just false. It's just image. It's just, at the end of the day, pointless. <sighs> so there, <laughs> there we are. In the space of six months, Boris Johnson got divorced, got engaged, had a baby and nearly died, uh, allegedly from the coronavirus. Crazy, huh? Crazy. Um, uh, the Daily Mail, US version, um, pointed out that YouTube adds fact-checking panels to search results to prevent the spread of misinformation, right? So um, once again, the authority is in control of the information. The authority gets to decide what is right and what is wrong. You don't get to decide at all. You don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. You don't even get to see the information most of the time. And they, and, and then your influence, because if they tell you it's false before you read it, then you can have that in the back of your mind as well. So it, it's all a game. It's all a game. They, they need to let people be. Let people be. Let people grow. Let people decide for themselves. Let people make mistakes. Let people learn from the mistakes. And then we can all move forward. And live happily ever after, perhaps. Well, perhaps, perhaps. Um, so if you're following uh, what I post online, then uh, what you see next on Twitter is a really nice clip of the uh, old harbor here uh, from yesterday where the uh, there was a really, really nice blue sky, very few clouds, and the, the color, the, the sort of aquamarine colors in the water was absolutely beautiful. And then the stark contrast of today, where um, although it was clear in the morning, the water seemed darker. And then as it, as the clouds came over, it got colder and everything changed very quickly. Um, didn't stop us getting wetsuits on and getting out into the water though. So, uh, gotta have your fun. And <laughs> Lots of fun cleaning up everything and getting the sand off everything when we get back home as well. Still, still sweeping up the sand in the hallway. Uh, it's endless. never ends. If you live near a beach, you know what I'm talking about. This sand just gets in and on everything. It ends up ends up in your dinner if you're not careful. Um, so, um, you know, I like to get people to think about different concepts and ideas. I like to push people to... Um, to engage in reality in a way that they're not challenged to normally. Um, and I do this through little memes I put out. Um, one of the memes I put out this morning was, meaning appears through the willingness to uh, differentiate between what is and what ought to be. Um, and what I mean by this is that just because something is, it doesn't mean that that's right. Yeah, there's very often a difference between what the right thing is and what you actually have to deal with is. And understanding that difference is the beginning of the road of knowledge, really. And uh, also part of that road is the need to preserve volition as part of, a part of the mission. You have to preserve um, human willingness to have choice, really 
is uh, what I want to say, which is very important because, as Ann Coulter pointed out, Facebook has been deleting events. If Facebook doesn't like the event that you are promoting or you wish to be involved in or that you wish to promote, if Facebook doesn't like it, then they decide, I'm very sorry, you can't have your event. It doesn't matter how many people are interested in it. Um, that that's not interfering in society at all, is it? You advertise yourself as a free platform for people to go out and communicate, and uh, and that's the result. You 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 want to cut off communication. You want to cut off voices. You want to separate people. You want to silo people into groups. Only give them certain kinds of information. That's not going to help. You know, if, if you ever. If you ever want, if you met someone and wonder why does that person think different from me when it's so obvious that they're wrong, well, that's because Google and Yahoo and the other search engines and the social media platforms are channeling information that you reflect with, that you agree with to you. So you're only gonna encounter the same opinions wherever you go. You're not going to be challenged to think about something that's completely different. You're not going to be challenged to go in a completely different direction. You're not going to be challenged by something you've never heard before. And that's not helping our critical thinking skills. That's not helping us at all as as people. It's not, it's not helping humanity. And um, it's not helping when you delete events either. It's just not, it's not helping at all. Let the people decide. And as Anne Coulter pointed out, they're, they're no different from fascists at that point in time, unfortunately. Um, moving on, Andrew Lawrence tweeted um, that uh, some information from the news. Carl Tucker, ah, yeah, get it right, Tucker Carlson. What a great name. <laughs> Only an American could have a name like that. Tucker Carlson, and only an American that who's fronting the news could, could have a name like that, right? Anyway, he says, there's no scientific justification for quarantine. We flattened the, quir the curve, the curve, <laughs> the quirky curve, the curve, um, but quarantine had nothing to do with it. The virus isn't nearly as deadly as we thought it was. And this this is a quote from his program. And um, you know, my question is, could it be true? Well, what do you think? What do the statistics say? What do the numbers say? Do you believe the numbers? How do you find numbers that are real? If you haven't collated it yourself. Look, if somebody else comes to you with their business and says, well, these are the numbers and for our business, you know that you still have to go to an independent auditor. You've got to send them into the other business if you want to buy that business. And you've got to get the independent auditor that you trust to check all the information is actually correct. Right? So um, what does that mean? Is that means trust but verify. You know, double check the facts, triple check the facts, try to get them from different sources. Um, really, really. And this, um, it's also interesting because let, let, let's go to a real tangent here um, because of someone that I know um, online posted uh, an article that uh, a museum in Ecuador, I believe it was, has... Uh, has within the museum these giants, these skeletons of giants that are seven meter tall. And, uh, you know, he was posting, like, you know, this, this, this 
totally crazy or, or, or what is it? So um, it doesn't take long to search and verify and find trusted sources on the internet. And um, there's a huge amount of information that, that, that is actually true. It's it, that, that these were actually at some point in human history, uh, real people that were very large and lived in certain places in the world. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, it, we have to realize in essence that history is both lost uh, or written by the winners and so we don't know a lot of what happened and went on um, and that's by design um, do you think the library at Alexandria burnt which once contained a, com a copy of every known text in the world the library at Alexandria once contained a copy of every known text in the world, that is, that, that is an incredible resource, that's an incredible source of knowledge. Not only, and, and of course it burned, right? You think that was by accident that it burned? Like somebody was trying to rewrite everything. Now the thing, that, the intelligent thing that the library did was copy the documents. And it's the first thing it did when it got a document was copy it, so that copies of everything, it's, whoever designed that was a genius. And what they did was send the copies out to other places in order to be preserved in case anything happened at the source. Absolute genius. And so and some copies were sent to the Middle East and certain places there. And that's why we have the text that we have today, because they weren't, because they were thought to be gone. Well, they weren't even thought to be gone because people didn't think about it because they didn't know about it. Um, and it wasn't until people began to travel like 300, 400 years ago and be able to get to some part of the world and get back and share information about um, what was where and how things worked that we actually began to learn much more about uh, the history of North Africa, the history of Southern Europe and, and the texts and the writings about the philosophers that existed and about the history of uh, um, medicine from that part of the world crazy huh we we lost we, did, we didn't even know that this existed and it, it it was preserved in the middle east a lot of european history was preserved in the middle east it, it, it's wild and look what we've done to that part of the world look at the tragedy that we've created just because government won't listen to people the people know what's right. The people know the right thing to do in general. I mean, you can look around and say, oh my God, we've been dumbed down. It was stupid or whatever. But, but, but that gut instinct is still there. It's still there in society. We, we, there's still a voice in the back of our head that stops us doing the wrong thing in general. It's there. It's there. We also have social pressure as well, which is uh, very powerful in, in that area. But it's interesting the amount of history that we've lost. If you want to dive down, I, I don't, I don't go down rabbit holes because they might be foxholes, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't go there at all, but um, I know other people love to. There was a, there's a book, I think it's Forgotten Worlds by Max Egan, a great book. Start there. Um, Graham Hancock has a number of great books, I think Fingerprints of the Gods. And there's also there's there's also a really really old book that was a precursor to Fingerprints of the Gods, which was written about thirty years ago. I think it was called uh, Chariots of the Gods. I believe the writer was Robert Charot, I think. Um, and that, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Because th there's there's a lot 
Um, and I'm just talking about what I know from, from my small experience. Then you go to other countries and you find that they've got writers and they've got historians. And um, look at that guy, that one guy in, um, where where was it? Southern Europe, where he discovered that the mountains were not mountains. They were actually pyramids. Um, oh, it, I think it was the uh, that country that was formed. Is it, is it Southern Croatia? Uh, maybe it was back when it was, it was definitely as part of that Yugoslavia area before they, they, they broke it all up, um, kind of Montenegro and other places, it's somewhere, somewhere around there, darn it, can't quite remember where it is right now, um, but yeah, so the, this, this guy's like, whoa, we've seen this, because it's only when we, like, had planes and we could fly over the land and we could look down that we actually realized, oh, look, there's just things that we haven't seen before. There's, so, there's, there's a wall under the ground. And now we've got, like, ground-penetrating radar. You can see what's under the ground. This, it, it, the, the technology has opened so many doors for us. It's wild. So, so yeah, they had, the, they had these uh, pictures, these satellite pictures, and this guy's like, well, this kind of looks like this. Yeah, it's kind of a bit more geometric than sort of nature would, would usually have it and um, lo and behold the hills were actually pyramids and they were all interconnected in this giant network in, in the south of Europe it's really really crazy and I suggest that it's if it's there that is probably in more places as well we just have to look for it we, we just have to search for it and um, even in and the, the interesting thing about that is I was uh, looking at these pictures from Southern America where people built these, people built towns on hills, naturally, and built the castle on the top and the houses around about it for protection. And um, what they discovered was that a lot of these hills were actually pyramids there as well. So who built the pyramids? <sighs> who knows? Lost history. Lost history. And we're, we're still, and it, it's almost... <laughs> We're, as we go forwards, we're writing backwards because we, we, we begin then to understand more about what was there. Like, oh, the pyramids were built at this point in time. Well, no, actually, they, they, were, they, were, they were built thousands of years ago. Yes, but how many thousand? Well, they were built 5,000 years ago because whatever. And then it's like, oh, no, they were built 8,000 years ago and then 10 and then 15. And, and we don't really know. Yeah, we, we think we do. And there's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of honest mistakes that we make as well. We, we make the best decision that we can based on the knowledge we have at that time. And if that knowledge then gets updated, then we got to update our decisions as well. I mean, it's just it's it, it's just what educated people do. They realize that information changes situations. It's so crazy it can even change the past because you learn something new and that sheds new light on what was and you begin to realize yeah like so many adults do about their childhood think because kids normalize everything they think that because they have that experience everybody has that experience or almost everybody has that experience and it's normal but there's such a great variety of experiences and possibilities and we tend to get limited by the framework of beliefs that our family live within um interesting conundrum to uh to try to solve interesting conundrum 
anyway, moving on, Whitney Webb on Twitter posted um, that all of the social media groups, all of the social media applications, everything, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever you rock, um, all of these programs spy on you. It's not just one particular country. Um, globalism and the rise of corporations has seen these kind of invisible governments which are transitory. The, the corp some corporations are bigger than countries. Crazy. And as a result, they're more powerful than countries. And as a result, people can move around. Um, it's crazy. That, 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 that's why having your individual country and being able to protect your borders is important. We see that now. Don't we see that now more than ever? That protecting your borders and your boundaries is, is so important. And that we need to have these borders and boundaries. It, it's almost like we're being taught a lesson that we still don't get. It's almost like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and there's there's all these different intelligent agencies and they're all interconnected and they're all stealing data and the window w works both ways. You get it. They all do it. Um, the only problem with the big companies is they don't like their competition. They want to alter themselves. So um, there's probably not any one system that's really that much safer than all the others. But it's worth thinking about, you know, it's worth encrypting your communication with people. Just doesn't matter if you've got nothing to hide. It's just worth doing it, right? Now, do you want do you want people opening the mail that you send through traditional mail? Do you do you want people doing that? Hmm. I don't know. There's an argument for and against, right? There's an argument for and against. And so, um, moving on, um, the Babylon Bee on Twitter posted, it's so inspiring, celebrities spell out, we're all in this together with their yachts. Yeah, there was a picture of, um, an insane picture of a group of rich celebrities who actually parked their yachts in a way that's spelt, we're all in this together. They're so obviously not. I mean, the fact that you were able to go out and park your yacht is not the typical problem that the average person has to deal with right now. They're so out of touch. Uh, they're out of touch and I'm out of my head trying to trying to understand how they ever got so far. Not all of them, right? Oh, you do find reason at certain points in time from here to there. But maybe, maybe they're selected because, because, well, they have a certain specific point of view. Oh, maybe they're selected because they know the right people. Maybe they're selected because they've got a certain amount of talent. Can't ignore talent, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, why is Brad Pitt paid so much? Well, because he's created that value for himself. He's created that wealth for himself, that worth of himself through the work that he's done. It's crazy, but, but it's true. He wouldn't be paid so much if he wasn't able to create some level of value. That's for sure. Um, Mike Cernovich 
tweeted that um, we had a test run for pandemic preparation and realized all levels of government are incompetent. Doesn't that, doesn't that just cut through the mustard? Right. So right. So true. Spot on. That if we actually had a real problem, our governments would be completely incompetent in trying to solve it. They would either underreact or overreact. Just wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. They got it wrong. Um, subtext. Start prepping. You know, get together in your community and realize what you need to do right now. Because if the SHA can't spell, if the SHIT hits the FAN, and, and we're waiting for someone else to come and save us, there is no Superman. There's Superwoman. There's Super Confused. Whatever. Um, yeah. What else? A couple of other little points. Dinesh D'Souza pointed out that everyone's blaming Trump. Um, the man appears to be bulletproof, but no one is bulletproof. JFK proved that. Um, but he pointed out, do you blame Woodrow Wilson for the casualties of the Spanish flu epidemic? Do you blame FDR for the American casualties of World War II? I'm trying to grasp on the principle of moral accounting being applied here. You know, when are people going to stop blaming Trump for every death? Um, I don't know. I guess they're not going to stop. I guess they're never going to stop because certain groups of society just seek to escalate. And if they lose, they escalate again. And if they lose, they escalate again. What's that Tom Petty song? And I won't back down. Won't back down. Yep. Anyway, those were some points from Twitter. I didn't even get to Facebook. There's so much great stuff um, going on in and around stories on Facebook today. Um, so much deep insight. I just don't have time. Don't have time to get through it all because I've got to talk about golf and relate stories from my past that maybe seem inconsequential to you. But I don't know. Maybe one day the bell will ring and the conversation will be remembered. I don't know. My name's G, also known as Graham William Hendry. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn. I gotta talk about LinkedIn someday as well. That's a very bizarre platform. Um, Instagram. You can find the Academy of Language Therapy and Life Coaching YouTube and on other places. Um, send me articles. Get in touch with me. Open up a conversation. Um, Let's get the communication going about how we can make the future bigger, better, brighter, bolder for for everyone, for everyone on this planet. Yeah, let's get a conversation going. Let's do good things and let's highlight good things done by good people. So there we are. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, wherever you are, I wish you an absolutely fantastic day. Where it would, if it's morning, afternoon, evening, whatever. Um, you know, stay cool, look after yourself, look after your friends, and tell the ones you love that you love them. Speak to you soon. Take care.